0: talk to you about, we've been talking on, on Sunday nights about the first century church. As we go through our study tonight, we're going to go, we're going to take a glimpse of uh, what, what takes place in the book of Acts in chapter number uh, 19. Uh, Acts chapter number 19, and we'll jump through there a couple of verses, and then we'll jump into Acts chapter number 20. And uh, as we look back at the beginning of the church, We're going to look back at the beginning of the church in Ephesus. We're going to uncover some uh, secrets in the introduction, and then we're going to jump into a message that Paul gives the church of Ephesus as he begins to leave, uh, kind of giving them their, uh, hey, listen, this is it, Uh, do these things. And so we're going to look at that tonight to to apply to our life, okay? So you've got your Bible, open it to the book of Acts, Chapter number 19. Let's pray and then we'll jump into the message tonight. If you have your Bible, uh, open it there and we'll pray. Let's pray together. Thank you all again for being here with us. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone that's tuning in. Lord, I pray that you will help them, encourage them and strengthen them in the Lord. I know that this time uh, we need all to be strengthened together. We need to be encouraged together. Lord, I pray for every individual that will hear this message. I pray that it will be an encouragement to them, knowing there are some things that as a church and as first century, as as we can apply the same, same principles that the first century church did. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter number 19. And let's begin reading in verse Number eight, the Bible says, and he, and this is talking about Paul. We're going to take sections of scripture and I'm just going to kind of describe a little bit what's going on and then we'll jump into the message here. Uh, Just by way of introduction, the Bible says in verse number eight, he says, and he went into the synagogue and he spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So you'll notice here that there he he was in Ephesus for about three months and they were in the in, in the synagogues there he were uh, there were Jews in the in Ephesus. Ephesus was a seacoast city, uh, a great commercial city. It was a city uh, with one of the wonders of the world, the temple uh, to the goddess Diana. The temple took two hundred years to build. Ephesus was a city filled with people who were superstitious, they were very religious, but false religion and idols prevailed in that city. It was a great city with sorcery, excuse me, with sorcery and demonic activity. It was a a great city that resisted the truth of the gospel. And so what Paul did is he spent three months going into the synagogues and preaching, the gospel. Three months disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But Ephesus was a vital, important city, a gateway to Asia Minor. The man of God went and armed with the word of God, which we have, and which we still need to do today, is to go in with the word of God, and he was filled with the spirit of God to declare what? The message of God. And as he went in in that awful place with all the all that was going on in that in that city paul planted a local new testament church right there in that city in just 3 months of spending time in the synagogues dis- disputing and persuading people, you know that that not that had not to be easy. That it wasn't an easy job as he went into the synagogues. It had to be a, a pretty rough job. There he gathered a core group of people and established a, a work for God. So there they were in the synagogue. So let's read a little bit more. What else that takes place with with uh, Paul in verse number nine of Acts chapter nineteen? He says, "But when divers." were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrenius. Uh, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. What does that mean? What took place was he spent three year or three months in a synagogue, established a church, got these people, a good core group of people. Then he rented a hall and he began to have church with these folks, day in and day out. They had church. They reached more people for Christ in the church of Ephesus or in the city of Ephesus, and he did a work for God. Paul. Did a work for God, and people got saved. People's lives were changed, and uh, he. The Bible says in verse number ten that all all they which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord, and they heard it because of the preaching and the teaching that took place in the city of Ephesus by the Apostle Paul, and and by the church and by those the the individuals that came. And those people that were dedicated to to live for God. So let's look at this first church, or, or the church of the first church of Ephesus, and what what instructions do, does he leave them in Acts chapter number twenty? Let's jump one chapter over, and he gives them these words. He said, "Paul said, for three months I disputed in the synagogues; for two years I hired a hall." For the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone, day and night, with tears. So he is summarizing the his ministry in Ephesus. Let's read in Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. And let's begin reading in verse number 27. He said... Uh, Verse 26 He said, Wherefore I take to you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. He didn't have any blood on his hands. Isn't that amazing? Verse 27 For I I have not shunned to deliver unto you all the counsel of God take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood thank God for that for I know this that after my departing and shall grievous wolves enter in among you not sparing the flock not sparing the flock. Also, of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn every one of you night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of, of his grace, which is able to build you up. And to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So here he is. Paul has given them a summarization of what's taken place there in Ephesus. And he tells them some four different things I, I think that we can take and apply to our lives today. As he's telling this church, he says in verse number 27, he said, Do not shun. Do not shun the counsel of God. In verse 27, he said, For I have not shunned to, to declare unto you the counsel of God. So what does that tell us? That we should not shun the counsel of God. There are people who want to pick and choose their faith. They say, well, that's for some people and not for me. Paul said, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. What does that mean? What does that mean, Brother Trent? I mean, that means Paul preached everything that God laid on his heart. He preached everything in the counsel of God. Line upon line, precept upon precept, every single thing that's in the Bible, he declared and he preached. And we should not shun away from preaching the whole counsel of God. We need to love people Who do not, we need to love people who do not shut away any of the counsel of God. When God deals with us, His Word, and by His Spirit about a matter in our lives, then we should say, This is for me, and I ought to heed it. And I listen to it and allow God to speak to me and allow God to move in my life. A lot of times when we've heard a preacher preach on something, where I, well, I guess he should have been here. No, you were there. You heard the message. You heard what God intended for you to hear. And it was for you. This is, for me, strong churches are made of Christians who are strong in the Lord because of their obedience to God. Paul was obedient. He said, I shunned not. I have not shunned to you. I didn't hide from you. I didn't keep back from you the whole counsel of God. I preached the whole counsel of God. Look what he said in verse number 28. Number one, he, he said, I didn't shun anything from you. Number two, he said, you need to take heed. Look in verse 28. The Bible says, Paul gave them admonition. He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves. We need to take heed. What? You said, what do you mean Take heed. Take heed to yourself. We must keep ourselves right. If you will listen carefully to your own words, you will discover something. You'll discover that you'll complain often about what other people are doing. You give more heed to them uh, than, than what you're doing in your own life. Take heed to yourself. Keep yourself right with God. I need to worry about Trenton. I've got enough problems that I need to worry about Trenton rather than worrying about somebody else or what somebody else is doing or where somebody else is going and what somebody else is doing there or here. I need to take care of Trenton. Make sure that Trenton is right. Take heed for yourselves. Said 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and... Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh. Oh. Excuse me, guys. Bible says, Take heed unto yourself, unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. He said, Timothy, take heed and keep yourself right with God. Then you know who's going to keep me right with God? Do you know who's going to keep me right with God? It's not my wife. My wife might nudge me and kick me and say, hey, you need to do right. But ultimately, it's going to be Trenton deciding that he needs to do right. Take heed to yourself. Don't shun the gospel of God. There is a limit to what someone else can do for you. You alone are in control of your attitude. You alone are in control of your actions Keep yourself right. I think that's where we're, we, we're, we're in a problem, that we have got a problem in America today. That problem is nobody wants to take responsibility for what they've done. Well, it's this person's fault, and it's this person's fault. No, no, no. I need to take action for Trenton. You go back to the Garden of Eden. Jesus, God, created the world. Adam and Eve are down there doing their own thing. He said, Don't eat. Well, the Bible says that Eve was there, took of the fruit, and the Bible came, or God came to them. And who does Eve blame? Eve blames the serpent. Who does Adam blame? Adam blames the wife. You know, too many times we want to blame somebody else for our sin, but ultimately it's my fault. Number one, he says, Don't shun the gospel. Or don't shun, don't shun away from uh, the counsel of God. Take heed to yourself. Keep yourself right with God. Then number three, he said, feed on God's word. Look in, look in that verse, in verse number twenty-eight. He said, take heed therefore, uh, therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock uh, that watch over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God, which hath purchased with His own blood. We know very little. Honestly, I know very little about being hungry. Somewhere in this world, 12,000 people die a day of hunger every day. One third of the world's population, over 2 billion people, go to bed hungry every night. The issue is not with the supply of food, but with the distribution of it. The same is true about God. The Bible is our food, but many of God's children do go go days without it. How often do you eat? How often do you go back to the Word of God? How often do you ask God to help you and give you food? How often do you go back to the well? This is what Paul is saying here. That we need to feed the church of God. Isaiah 28, and verse number 10, the Bible says, For precepts upon precept, uh, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. We just take one bite at a time. We take a little here and a little there. If we're going to be Christ-like, we must feed on God's word. We need to feed on God's word. Read your Bible Pray, memorize God's word, memorize the scripture, search the scripture, compare the scripture. God's word is our daily food. May we do that. Don't shun the gospel of God. Take heed, look at myself, keep myself right with God. Feed on God's word. And lastly, and I'm done, we'll go. I'll go to the house. Y'all are already there, aren't you? Commend all to God. Commend all to God. Look in verse number 29, chapter 20. He says, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise, speak in perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone everyone, night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. Paul says, I am Commending you to God. This matter of commending to God involves releasing by faith. Turn loose. Cast your care upon him for he... Cares for you. Give your loved ones to God. Give your lost to God. Give those things to God. Help others to recognize their accountability to God. We need to commend it all to God and say, Here it is, God. Here is Paul. He says, God, I'm giving you the church of Ephesus. I've spent three years. I've prayed and I've wept and I've weeped and I've I've cried. Spent time preaching, but I give him back to you. And that's what we need to do. Give it all to God. Trust him. They're trusting God with everything they have. Think about how different your life would be if you would just trust God with it all. Paul said, I'm leaving Ephesus. You'll see my face no more. Three years I was here, two of those years I hired a hall. Preached for you for the first three months, I reasoned and persuaded and preached and declared in the synagogues, I love you, but I'm going and you will not see me again. And I'm giving you to God. Hey, what is it that you need to commend to God? What is it that you need to give to God? As we look at this tonight, as, as we look at this first century church, man, God blessed. Bible says that all heard, uh, the verse that we read there, all, all heard. Mm, how was that possible? It was because God's church, they did not shun away from the counsel of God. They took heed and got themselves right with God. And then they fed on God's word every day. And then he commended them all to God. He gave it all to God. You say, why is that important? Cast all your care on him for he careth for you. God wants to carry your burden. God wants to carry your your doubts, your fear, your unsettledness, your anxiety, your depression. Your, uh, that God wants to carry that for you, but you've got to give it to him first. He said, because I know this, because I'm leaving and there's gonna become wolves and there's gonna come all ki- all sorts of things come around you. There's gonna come, they're gonna come. But he said, I'm telling you, Christian. He said, I commend you to God, I'm giving you to God. So what do we need to do tonight? We need to commend all we have to God. Don't shut away from the counsel of God. Take heed to yourselves. Watch out. Check yourself. Feed on God's word every single day. And commend all to God. I encourage you to do that. Thank you for listening. Let's pray. Let's pray tonight. Ask God. Ask God to help you. Ask God to to work in your life. Lord, I love you. I thank you for everyone that listened tonight. I pray that you have used me in spite of me lord i pray as we close that you'll continue to work lord i ask if there's one that doesn't know for sure they're on their way to heaven as we leave our way tonight i pray that you'll help them to know